0: everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And this is a podcast where we, as a married couple of four children, ages 11, 10 through three, uh, sit down and have... um,
1: Our first real conversation of the week since you've been gone hunting all week.
0: Yeah, but typically even when I am around, um, all of our conversations are unplanned and um, unrehearsed, untalked about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't prep anything. Molly usually has a gigantic notepad full of things to talk about that we almost never get to because I derail it with something I throw out there that just randomly comes to mind at the beginning of the show.
1: Are you planning to do that now?
0: Ironically enough, nothing has really come to mind. Well, we haven't really
1: started talking about I'm, anything.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm I just I got home from hunting and went right into dinner and giving the kids judo yesterday then, yesterday and then went to bed and woke up this morning for bible st- oh, and then went into bible st- work on some bible study stuff then this morning had my bible study and then went right into butch processing elk uh your dad that Molly's might- dad got an elk you guys you got an elk I missed a nice bull um because I'm a turd yeah, but Molly got an elk, and uh, or not Molly got an elk. Jim got an elk. Um, we
1: got some elk in our freezer. That's yeah, the,
0: that's a so key point. We've swapped a few texts about things, and the family was mostly sick last week. I guess or the week I was gone. We was got like some gone. stomach
1: bugs. My mom took the two youngest to Costco, and our third threw up in the goldfish aisle at Costco with my mom. Which, as I was texting another friend, I told her I feel like grandmothers should be exempt from this sort of thing. But the more time you spend with your grandkids, the more likely you are to have them throw up at Costco. Did Grandma go? Oh, oh
0: I'm never buying goldfish again.
1: Well, they weren't buying them. What she, I know. Th- what Make she, think she's what at Elise actually threw up was a yogurt sample that she had liked so much. They bought a case of the yogurt, and then. Two days later, Faith, our three-year-old, got the tummy bug. Was it the
0: yogurt or was it the tummy bug?
1: It was the tummy bug. What kind
0: of yogurt was it?
1: It's Activia, just Costco yogurt. And Faith had had some for a snack a couple hours earlier. I don't know, maybe it is the yogurt. They both had yogurt before they started throwing up. I doubt it. But yogurt puke, you guys, is the grossest smell on earth. And I still, I Dairy's had, gross. I had COVID in mid-September, and I can smell things, but not really well. And the rest of the kids were like, "Our house smells so gross from her yogurt vomit." Maybe it was and I a, couldn't a really smell that you it. You couldn't smell anything. But Faith, it, the, yes, the sounds of our kids retching actually had me retching, which. <laughs> um, <laughs> I almost threw up a couple of times just from the sounds and the smells that I could get. But Faith has only, I think this is only her second or third time ever throwing up. And she she just cried, "I don't like throwing up." Well, nobody does. And but then she was really interested her throw up was pink and she wanted me to she specifically asked me to text grandma and ask what color Elisa's throw-up was.
0: Hilarious.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, it was just the entire thing was so new and foreign to her. She had no idea the sensation. I mean, by the end, she, was, she threw up about every half hour for about six hours. By the end, she knew it was coming, and she knew what to do. But at the beginning, she, she freaked out, and she kept telling me, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty. And she was covering her mouth, saying she's really thirsty, and I was like, I think you need a bowl. And sure enough, like thirty a minute after the the freak out of crying that she's thirsty, she starts throwing up. She just had no idea that it, what was happening. And then by the end, she'd wake up from sleeping on the couch and be like, "I need my bowl." <laughs> uh, so, so you got that. It was interesting though. Okay, so here's an interesting topic or question for some of you parents out there. I just as you do have a couple of mom friends that I text off and on throughout my week and over the course of the four or so days that I had a sick kid I interacted with a couple of moms and I tend to say puking or vomiting and it it was funny because they would respond back with things like barf or one mom would kept saying spewing and it just made me a little bit self-conscious like puking sounds kind of crass compared to spewing or is
0: I would be interested to know of the mom who said spewing if she was a Wayne's World fan because every time I think of spewing, I think of Garth in the backseat going, "If you're gonna spew," and he opens up a little cup, spew into this.
1: Oh, okay. I thought I haven't seen Wayne's World. I can't handle that sort of humor. What's the other one that's like that?
0: I don't know. We were talking about the other guy. Do you remember the, the, the
1: one on the trip?
0: Bill and Ted's excellent. Edition? Yeah.
1: Ugh, can't handle. you remember stories. do
0: you okay. remember uh, Will Farrell and also can't really and Mark him. Wahlberg and we watched uh, the other guys, the two cops. That
1: doesn't were, sound familiar to me.
0: Didn't, oh, it's so funny. Chaz was quoting it. One of the guys that comes up hunting with us is a pretty witty fellow and he's he's always quoting random movie lines. And he's like, come on man, you've never done an office pop? Everyone does it, and I think Wilfred pulls out his gun and shoots it right in the middle of the police department.
1: Oh man! <laughs> was, That's they were not trolling him. It was so funny. super funny. funny so we were kind of
0: laughing. Alec we were,
1: Baldwin's incident. This I know. Week. We
0: were kind of laughing that it was just it was. It was funny. Did they find out what happened with that? Because I read about no. it before I left. But.
1: No, they have no idea. And there's some people saying there were real bullets in the gun, not well. Bikes. So what happened
0: in '94? I think Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son who, of the Crow fame, was actually shot and killed because there was a projectile. They did, It wasn't a... I don't think it was a bullet, but there was a projectile in the gun when the blank went off. So, again, for anybody who doesn't understand firearms, you basically... Anything thrown hard enough will kill you. And in this case, gunpowder... And gun this powder, one went
1: straight through the gal and then hit somebody else and landed them in the hospital. It,
0: I'm guessing... There are so many questions, you guys. There's
1: so many questions, but the, here's a question that I have. A blank
0: though. can kill you if you're close enough.
1: Here's a question that I have, though. Why do they need real guns on the set of a movie? In our day and age, where you could 3D print an a gun... Why does it need... And you could, with all the after effects... I mean, we have the Lord of the Rings, and we have Star Wars. Rubber swords! You can put a guy in a green suit in space, you know, and you can do anything. I mean, what's the new Chris Pratt movie? The amount of effects... I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, the one we watched, The Tomorrow War. Oh, yeah. The amount of effects from weapons that don't actually exist that they created in movies like that... Why do they need, A, real guns that they're shooting, even if they do have blanks in them, with all of the things they can do in the studio afterwards? Why can't they just have very real-looking plastic guns? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I for don't know. mean, for real. I don't understand. And there's this whole—I haven't read a ton about it. Maybe some of you guys know more about this than I do. But there's this whole, you know, he should know gun safety if he's going to have to do anything about gun safety. And apparently there were people raising alarm flags that protocol for the props was not being followed at all on this. And then was it live rounds? What does it mean by saying there's a live round in it? There's all this stuff swirling around. Maybe they they were actually out shooting guns
0: and somebody was like...
1: There's a box of prop guns sitting out on the side of the and then Alec Baldwin is both a producer it's a and Western. an actor. Maybe they're
0: like, Hey guys, let's go shoot some guns before we shoot the film. I don't know.
1: Right. <clears throat> My basic question though that I've never seen anyone ask her answer is why do they have to have I mean, these are a bunch of anti gun Hollywood people, right? Right. You know, and so then we get this like, Well, Alec Baldwin was sabotaged by somebody who didn't appreciate his Trump who? Oh what? There are there are for sure Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Think pieces about how maybe some Trump supporter who's bitter about his Saturday Night Live impersonations of Trump put real bullets in this gun in this prop gun to sabotage him all these anyway all of these anti-gun Hollywood people first of all are oh, still man. making money off of movies with guns in well, them well Liam
0: Neeson if is the biggest so, anti-gun guy out right, there and, and he's and his his the whole biggest movie's... hypocrite
1: his entire repertoire of uh, movies yeah. anyway all that is. if Hollywood has to be so hypocritical as to keep making money off of making movies with guns in them because we know those movies are going to make money. Why do they need real guns in them with everything we have with modern I guess after effects yeah, I and mean, modern fake props?
0: I have no idea. I mean, so there is the one the the technicality which really doesn't apply if you're holding a fake gun and the green screen stuff. The more detail you have in a shot the harder it is to place that thing or that person in an alternate world. So you've got to have a lot of resolution, a lot of detail, and there's a lot of technicality involved. So you couldn't... It would be very... It would be difficult to put something in somebody's hand. So a lot of times when they're in... When an Maybe actor you actors them though, yeah. Oh, yeah. That and that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what doesn't
1: train them mm-hmm. with what it's like when a gun bang! fires. And they can
0: say bang every time right. they go to shoot somebody. Right.
1: I mean, all the people who are going to let these edit are that anti- out
0: because I'm I'm watching him say bang <laughs> cap gun. I mean, the idea How? is the idea is they're this idea is supposed to be they're very loud cap guns. So when you when you're getting shot, you know when to get shot um is the idea but i still have not been able to figure out why there's a lot of there's a lot of stupidity going on i think somewhere down here the prop master isn't doing his job the uh prop guns obviously are around for anybody to grab or perhaps somebody felt like they could just go mess with them why is anything ever loaded unless it's actually going to be used on set to begin with was it an actual misfire? Maybe he did pull it up. He it was he was getting ready to go film. Well, he was
1: told it was cold. He like it was he was getting ready to like pretend like he was okay. You know. So it. then
0: it, it could actually have been an actual misfire. But why was it not checked multiple times before he even touched it?
1: Well apparently there were people who thought safety was shoddy on this show to begin with
0: oh well that's the anyway in his but the,
1: so so there's all of that and then there's just the the basic disregard for human life even from people whom we would consider to be closer to our tribe if you will going back a couple of weeks ago to that uh reflexive defensive nature that you don't seem to have but that I do where people, that I identify with ideologically, mm-hmm. they do stupid stuff, and I feel like it reflects badly on me, and I have to defend it. In this case, there have been a handful. Like I think one of Trump's sons has tried to dunk on Alec Baldwin, and you know, sell T-shirts about how he's a failure. Anyway, something I haven't looked at it closely, but there are people who have been trying to capitalize on this tragedy instead of just. Letting it be a really sad human tragedy where there's possibly legal outcomes, and there's possibly uh, f- hopefully some good, better safety practices or fake guns if anyone's listening to me on the matter. But anyway, it just it's it was really sad to see somebody commenting that there were people on the right who were not letting this just be a really sad a sad thing
0: which I've never fully understood the concept of a working even with blanks a working firearm being pointed at somebody in the movie's period that's never sat well with me you know like they sell the reason they sell plastic guns with the orange cap is so that people know they're not real guns airsoft rifles perfect example you've got exact replicas of all of and now everybody hear me now I'm a big pro gun guy Love guns. Love me, my love me, my guns. Um, but you've got exact replicas of these of these ARs and you know, Berettas and H and Ks and whatever kind of gun you want, you've got an exact replica on an airsoft rifle. And so when you're out doing airsoft or whatever carrying it's got an orange tip on it. Oh really? It tells so everybody in that. the world it's that this is not a real gun. It cannot fire real bullets.
1: I feel like
0: Why Yes, and I would agree with you. Why are you? Why are they not having? Because they do. They do. They don't need the sound. Yeah, I mean, use need airsoft the sound.
1: guns and take the
0: exactly. Use take airsoft the orange guns. Cap
1: off of it. Take, or edit take it the out.
0: airsoft guns. Take the orange cap off of them. Run, run a, a blank. You know, I mean, you're not. If you get shot with an air shot, an airsoft gun, it's gonna sting, and you might have a bruise, but it's not gonna kill you. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of options out there that would prevent, I believe, prevent or at least drastically minimize the chance of somebody getting shot. Fatally shot. I mean anytime you Seems load like... anytime you put a charge, an explosive charge in something, you've gotta have some sort of safety protocol because that explosive charge can push out a projectile of some sort in any fashion. Um, you know, be it a rock, be it a a pebble, be it you know somebody just left, just dropped a gun and didn't bother to clean it, and there was dirt in it, uh, or whatever. Lowering that charge will definitely prevent somebody from getting killed. Um,
1: it's wild. It's, it's wild. very It's very. <clears throat> I don't understand this it. This woman had had one child, and mm-hmm. you know, anytime somebody is made an orphan. It's tremendously tragic. And um I think that we need to practice. Okay, here's another way I've been convicted this week on kind of a different topic, but you've been out of the loop. So
0: Cool. Um this is what people love to hear. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. I have so much on my list, though. I might just throw a couple of things That's out. That's probably why
0: I haven't said anything. You guys. So I'm just going to let you talk. Yeah,
1: but Let's also, I have a lot to do, so I don't want to have an hour and a half long podcast. Uh, so so this past week, I don't know if it was a Freedom of Information Act or what, but it first of all, the, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, came out and admitted that they had been funding gain-of-function research through a nonprofit that they fund that were not a nonprofit, through a research place that they fund that was giving money directly to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now who and is this? The National Institute of Health. So it's funding a project I don't that's know, giving
0: money to the National Institute of Wuhan.
1: Right. So so Dr. Fauci okay. Dr. Fauci, who is with the NIH, has repeatedly said in to Congress as well as on news places all over the fl- all over the place, the United States has not funded gain of function research on viruses, and the organization is the gain anonymous of- people speaking on officially on the record gain of function means they're messing around with viruses to make them stronger, to make them more deadly, to make them more virulent, more spread more easily. Gain of function is basically let's mess around with this virus found in nature and try to make it stronger. And that Fauci has com- repeatedly said in multiple places the United States has not funded gain-of-function research. Well, the NIH, in an official statement, said, yes, we were funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan. And somehow, the, he continues to be paraded around. They're releasing an entire documentary on him. Anyway, the, the amount of lying bald-faced lying to the American public that this man is getting away with, I think George Orwell would be astounded with. I think even he, with 1984 and Animal Farm, could not have fathomed the fact. Maybe he could have. Maybe he's a better study of human nature than I do. But the fact that so many people still swoon over him and let him on TV and listen to the people who let him on TV is astounding to me. But here's... Here's the thing that that came out this week. It was also known that Fauci's NIH was funding torture of beagles by an institution doing research in Africa where they would take the beagle's vocal cords out, stick their heads in a box, and like lock their heads in a box, and put sand flies in the box until it ate the beagle's heads to death. They that Fauci's NIH also
0: beagles, not eagles. Beagles, dogs. Beagles with a B.
1: Dogs. They also funded. I mean, research. if it were
0: poodles, I'd be okay with that. N- no.
1: <laughs> I just, uh, they, I'm just offended. They, I, I mean, oh, I I'm going to smack you, Jay. They also funded uh, that. That dog for me is Yorkies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Pick it dog. What dog would you I, like? But, but, the but
1: I, I could not fathom. Knowing that it makes me so angry knowing that my tax dollars is funding this. What an evil, evil person is okay with torturing animals and using American tax dollars or anybody's tax dollars to do it. There's another th- research that they've done where they would dig out a part of a monkey's... burn a part of a monkey's brain that is known to enhance... they're experimenting with enhancing fear in monkeys. And monkeys are inherently afraid of spiders and snakes. And so then they would... they would basically screw around with their brains and terrorize them with images of spiders and snakes to death. Okay? I was convicted, though, particularly from an alley Stuckey... Thing you know, like like these, these are protected animals, right? I was convicted from a from a short from Ali Stuckey, though that my gut instinct was recly, re, re, retracted in horror more at this than at the fact that Fauci's NIH has also been using aborted baby scalps from wait 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 look at me you have to listen to this forty two weeks aborted babies. 42 weeks of gestation. Okay? Due date is 40 weeks. These are babies that are two weeks past their due date that are aborted and they're experimenting with putting their scalps onto mice's backs and seeing if the mice can grow hair from a baby who should have been born alive two weeks earlier. And what I was convicted of was I really had to think hard. We've been so, I, I'm not going to say we, I have been so desensitized to, to abortion here in the United States, the killing of fellow image bearers who just have not been born yet, that it, I have to sit and think 42 weeks, not a single one of our babies made it to 42 weeks. And yet these are kids that they're killing in the womb basically to harvest body parts to do more just just grotesque Frankenstein-esque experiments on them. Um, But what was convicting to me is I really had to sit and think about how horrifying that is in order to be as horrified at that as I am at the Beagles and the monkeys.
0: You're your um I'm a little farther down this down this outrage road. Um if we had Twitter accounts we'd be on them. Oh um. my
1: gosh, I know. <laughs> well no, uh, I mean no. this is legitimate outrage though, and I don't I honestly don't know what to do with it. I, besides see, to I would, say, you know what, <clears throat> God, you should just strike us all dead. Like America does not deserve an ounce of God's mercy for this. But then the other outrages do not let that man or any institution or anything he says close to my kids, because if he's OK with torturing dogs, he is OK with torturing my little kids
0: so, or medically right. experimenting So my, 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 uh, I felt the same way you feel when, when I found out all of the military hardware was left over for the terrorists. Yeah, And it didn't really hit home until I realized how hard it was for me to buy a weapon in the United States. How hard it was to get a suppressor, a device. It's a metal tube with steel baffles in it and a hole through the middle. That is a suppressor. And it's, for those of you that don't know firearms, it suppresses sound and it suppresses recoil and it suppresses uh, the gas pressures coming out of the end of the barrel. You do this for a variety of reasons. It's easier to shoot, it's less annoying on nature and your friends, and there's less recoil and there's more accuracy. Whole lot of really good reasons. You have to wait and you have to pay a $200 tax to the IRS, get a full background search, fingerprints, everything, and then wait 9 months right now to even be able to take possession of it. Because they've got to clear it to make sure you're okay.
1: Is the nine Even month waiting though, period just for how long it takes them to process the background checks? Uh, yes, and or they, they, just, they just want and, to play and, games, and with they you just and make want to play wait. games
0: and make you wait. But they already have. So, for instance, for me, I'm already on uh, TSA pre check, which means I've done. They've done a full terrorist background search on me. I'm not on any of the terror watch lists. I'm not on any of that stuff. They all the uh, ATF. Already has my fingerprints for other firearm purchases. They've already done their due diligence there. If I go buy another one, I still have to wait nine months for them to process paperwork and get it off. Is all
1: that done. because it's on a boat from China? I'm just no, kidding. That's I'm because
0: kidding. so anyway, all that to say is my my there's
1: the wanton disregard there for human life in endangering... Nothing
0: we can do about it except continue promoting
1: the good, the true, the good, the, the true,
0: the beautiful in our circles and our spheres of influence. We will I, I am sorry to say this, and I know I'm probably going to make some people upset. We will have we have no impact on the government regulation in America right now. You cannot call your senator and get them to listen to you. You cannot call your representative and get them to listen to you. The whole concept for me is a joke. Yeah. It's a representative form of government, and they don't. They're at for money, power, control, and whatever it is they need to to get to where they want to go.
1: I I think... I would actually... I think there are people who try to get into politics to do something good. Oh, for sure. They but end they'll up,
0: never sur- they don't survive. They, either
1: they don't you survive have to or they end up... Tre- they, they have to compromise. They end up tremendously frustrated. They end up having so, to play the right. power plays. Well, so
0: for example, let's say you represent your state, okay? And you're, you know that what would be best for your state based on people you've talked to... People that you know you respect or whomever you're listening to would be to do X. So in order to get X passed on a national level for the benefit of your state, you've got to go around and lobby all of your fellow senators and Congress people. Mm-hmm. So you spend every day. You're at lunches, you're making phone calls, you're trying to get coffee, you're trying to I mean, it's it's every hustle game in the book. You're trying to do your part. And then you're also going to the actual sessions where you're listening to everybody else's stuff. And you've got to vote on those things. Well, in the process of all that, you're pitching what you would like to see passed and trying to hopefully garner enough votes that it'll pass Congress. Okay? You're pitching this to everybody else. In the meantime, everybody else has their own agendas as well, Mm -hmm. whatever those agendas are. And you're like, well, okay, I'll tell you what. Um, I will give you a yay vote on your issue Mm -hmm. if you vote on this Mm -hmm. for me. Or I will vote. I will actually include if you vote yes on this bill. Oh, I, I will earmark it. I'll carte and earmark it into the budget plan for this bill.
1: Yeah, that's what's going on. It's it's just which a is why which is why a bill for one thing has billions of has dollars billions of things in it. Yeah. So I
0: mean, it's all that to say is I'm a raging cynic. I believe that. Everything you said about Fauci is true. I believe he's a snake because I know human nature. Mm -hmm. And human nature, even if you don't have a Christian belief of human nature, we can look through history at historical characters and see that people are despicable. And generally what you think, the most horrible thing you think they might be doing, they're probably doing something way worse.
1: Speaking of human nature throughout history, I have... We've been reading The Bronze Bow, which is our Newbery Award-meaning book from—I think it was written in the 50s—about a a boy, an orphan boy, uh, who is living in the hills with some zealots at the time of Jesus. And you just get—I feel like, for me anyway, again, homeschooling, I'm learning more than the kids are. But I feel he just has this tremendous amount of rage directed at the Romans because they're so— helpless and so so oppressed they're taxed the Romans can make them carry their bags whenever they want. The, the Romans just literally walk through their lives and walk on them and do whatever they want and they're just struggling to survive and the the you really feel the helpless the helplessness that turns into seething anger and a desire to just do something. And the book does a nice, does a very subtle but powerful job of contrasting Jesus as people are intrigued by him and more more military sorts of zealots. It's post the Maccabean Re- revolt. But anyway, the I, I've always, throughout this homeschooling journey, I've really enjoyed historical fiction because it, it shapes, I think C.S. Lewis is the one who, this is a very rough translation of what he says. but but reading historical fiction where you can put yourself in the mind and the experience of somebody who's going through something very challenging, shapes your moral imagination in order to understand, not even just fiction, it, the hiding place by Corey Ten Boom, you know, it gives you this this very empathetic moral guide for how to respond to something that's happening very similarly right now but i've been really struck by that that sense of from the bronze bow since that's what we're doing right now the anger and the sense of helplessness at these forces that are so much bigger than we are Mm -hmm. doing things that are clearly not for our good and possibly overtly for our bad
0: yeah yeah, and when I'm in those, when, personally, when I'm in those positions, and I'm just without, I'm just like, what can I do
1: here and um, now? What
0: can I do here and now in my sphere? In my circle, what are where you I responsible
1: have, to God for? Today?
0: What am I responsible to God for? Who who? What is what circle do I roll in? And and can I influence them? And how can I be a, a, a positive uh, influence in their lives and everything else? And that's that's all I've kind of come down to. Because I mean, unless you have, I mean, honestly. In America, anyway, unless you're rolling in dough or have so much dirt on somebody high, you're not going to make a big impact on a big on a major scale. You're just not going to have influence. It's just not going to work. So that's just what I do. And ironically, you guys, I feel the same way about my church. <laughs>
1: so Forces like, bigger than you. Forces bigger. Okay, than so just this like, has been oh, really, really up. depressing yeah. so far. I have a couple of palate cleanser comments. One is while well, JR was driving up to go hunting. I encouraged him to listen to Ali Stucky's episode five oh five. Wow, that was super fascinating. Which is entitled. I totally forgot to finish and, it though. That I and even it. if you, oh no, I had it pulled up and then it and then it paused. Um, it's entitled "Food Shortages and Slow." It's scrolling very slowly. Food shortages and slow supply chains. What's going on? Uh, episode five oh five. Like I said. She interviews a guy that she actually found on Twitter, whose name is Ross Kennedy, who is a supply chain logistics expert. And I even if I know Ali Stuckey is not some people's flavor, she I have to limit sometimes what I listen to from her because she's so passionate and black and white. Usually she can get me real fired up.
0: I've never listened to her until this until this episode. And the first thing that jumped out at me is kind of like... She doesn't sound at all like I thought she would sound. Like, almost has a valley girl tone to her. Oh,
1: yeah. She's a she's a shameless millennial. She'll go on Instagram and go on and on about millennial problems. Like, you guys, <laughs> I have I own like five shirts that uh, need to be ironed. And I just can't get the energy up to iron them. So should I just donate them to Goodwill? But then I actually have to go to Goodwill. And wow. uh, anyway, she's... she's She's a shameless millennial. America's too rich and ridiculous. Blonde,
0: God needs a white blonde us all Texan, out. but but very,
1: very articulate, good at analyzing facts, but comes down in a in ways that a lot of people don't appreciate a lot of the time, feel like she's inflammatory. This episode is not inflammatory at all. In fact... Oh,
0: no, this is such a benign, interesting episode. It's
1: so fact-filled, you guys. And he he actually defuses some of the tendency... For example, when Ron DeSantis says, well, Florida ports are open, and we've got these hundreds of ship ships idling off the coast of all of these... By the way, did, did, you you know, he goes, did you know these ships... Every one of those giant ships burns about 50,000 gallons of diesel a day.
0: It's crazy. So,
1: California... That won't let people use a gas powered <laughs> lawnmower on their lawns next summer. It's let's is it, it has anyway, but he doesn't do any of that dunking. You he, look up
0: the definition of ironic and it's just like California. It's, it is so, goes, so but, funny, but he goes he says I think he says he goes look, I'm a big Ron DeSantis fan, but he's wrong here.
1: Right. So <laughs> so I just thought it was very even handed, very interesting to help understand. What's going on here, also pretty sobering because prices are not going back down. Nope. Period. Uh our our supply issues are going to be permanently changed in this guy's mind. And but then they they have some advice and thoughts for for how to move forward productively That's into the what future. I didn't, so it's I didn't not make it to that part. It's not a tremendously depressing episode, even though it's very sobering. Anyway. Ali Stuckey episode five oh five on food shortages and supply I will, chain. I strongly am recommend I will
0: include if we mention any relevant links that I we feel like are worth your guys' time, I will include them in the show notes. And that's one You should include, include the
1: link to her notes. YouTube one so that people who aren't just gonna search for it on Apple or wherever they get their podcasts can okay. do. She does all her stuff on YouTube. Uh, another thing. I am that really behind I, on that.
0: I was I, I was for a while putting all of our sh- episodes on YouTube, but it takes a ton of work. Like yeah. it's, like doing she that has sort of an thing. entire
1: team. See, I, do I don't. It I just have me. Uh, so, for dinner tonight, I I got a hankering for fresh spring rolls and then couldn't figure out what kind of... which are the ones in the in the soft rice paper and stuff with the fresh veggies. And I couldn't figure out what protein to put in them i don't know what jr's giggling at
0: I, I know i know where you're going and i'm just i'm writing notes for the show and it just i was like i shouldn't put this in the show notes but i just wrote molly's sushi it just doesn't <laughs> it just comes out wrong
1: <laughs> you know where i'm going with it anyway i i'm not going to the sushi part yet because i we have a trigger And I used Traeger's recipe for smoking salmon, and not—it's a different salmon, smoked salmon than you tend to get in packets in the store. It's hot smoked, so I smoked it at 225. But it was super easy to prepare. We we buy these real long, flat, skin-on fillets that are probably at most an inch, at most an inch and a half thick, and you just rub on a rub of brown sugar and salt. And they say to let it brine for 8 to 12 hours. This brine, I was not on the ball, because that's the story of my life, for a little under 6 hours. And the thickest part still was pretty salty for me. So, I mean, 5 to 6 hours seems sufficient for a thinner filet. And then you wash it off, and you let it sit out overnight. Not out. You put it on a drying rack in the fridge, But uncovered, because the drying out, there's a technical term for it, makes the smoke adhere to the surface of the salmon more. Hmm. So it gets more of the Mm -hmm. smoky flavor. And then you just smoke it at 225 for a couple of hours until the internal temperature hits 145, I think. Super easy. Traeger online recipe from their website. It tastes great. I'm really proud of myself. This is my first smoked salmon. Nice. Should we? Go ahead. We are going to put it in spring rolls This is why I need to get done with this episode So I can go prep all of the ingredients And in Philadelphia sushi rolls So cream cheese, cucumber, avocado, and smoked salmon
0: Should we, should we invite your parents over? Because your dad was talking about su- He's a huge sushi fan
1: Yeah, they're going to sushi tonight with Ty
0: Oh, they're going with Ty, and you wouldn't let me. I think so.
1: Okay. No, because we have small group. Because you do what's good for Although you. Although your dad you was asking, I had
0: that. I had an interesting conversation about that with a couple people now. But even just this morning at Bible study, we were talking about doing what's right, even though we don't want to and we don't we don't have any interest in doing it. I mean, I had that conversation last night with somebody too. It's like this is where I'm at. Like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be involved. I don't want anything to do with it. But. It's not. That's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to continue living, haha. living in faith um, that God continues to do what He says He's going to do, um, and that you, He calls you to do certain things. So you've got to do them. Like that's. Which so is that's what we that's tell informal, our kids all the time. It's that's just the tell... informal definition of discipline. When you think yep. Christian discipline, or even. Um, like the informal way of like, I was just joking. I was like, it's like the informal church discipline. Like you're not under formal church discipline. It's just the informal. It's like you being disciplined about church, you know? Because if it wasn't, if it was something you wanted to do all the time, they wouldn't consider it a, a discipline.
1: That mm-hmm. would
0: be a discipline. Um, so it's just kind of funny that
1: uh, here you are.
0: Yeah, here but we, we might, are. I mean, our... we
1: tell that to our kids all the time, but it's a lot harder to do.
0: Well, and that's that practice, was convicting. Right? Yeah, that was that was largely convicting when I was talking with a friend of mine, because we were talking about all the all the struggles we're dealing with, and he's like and he was just like, you know, and your kids are watching you the whole time. And that was his only comment. He wasn't saying anything. You know, it wasn't mm. like But it's like, yeah, you're right, you know, like how we they know stuff is going on
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they're watching how we do what we do in the midst of knowing stuff is going on.
1: They're absorbing. I've been thinking about this this weekend because I had... I don't think we've talked about this. I had COVID in mid-September, you guys, and I had the COVID fatigue for several weeks.
0: She, like, slept on the couch and, for two weeks straight.
1: And, but even after that, I mean, I would wake up with a headache for several more weeks. I struggled with motivation. I completely failed on my Bible reading for... I missed, like... It, The speaking of the discipline to do things that you don't really want to do, I failed in reading all of Leviticus and all of Numbers, which was like a month's worth of Bible reading in my Bible reading plan. And, you know, you just got to buckle down and get through those because they're not necessarily fun reading. And I just didn't. I completely failed. Mm -hmm. The house was a mess. I'm still... While you were gone hunting, I got caught up on laundry in terms of the washing and the drying, but it's not even remotely put away. But I feel like the kids... They pick up on if I'm motivated in the discipline of taking care of being a good steward of our home or if I'm not. So when I was motivated and keeping the dishes, you know, the dishwasher unloaded as soon as well, you were gone. The dishwasher was unloaded while the kids were eating breakfast and reloaded. I was trying to have the kids. Right. But here's the thing. If I'm on top of things, they don't look around and go. You know, the, it's a mess anyway, so I'm just going to throw my banana peel mm, on yeah, the counter. If yeah. the counter's clean, the banana peel goes in the compost bucket where it's supposed to be instead of just being left on a messy counter to be part of the clutter. So at one point, while you were gone, I don't know if it was Saturday.
0: Man, I need to leave again. I
1: was doing something. Well, you are anyway. <laughs> I think that's part of why I'm so motivated, is because if there's only one of me doing it, it's yeah. very, once I fall behind, it's very hard to get caught up. But the kids raked leaves. Almost without being asked, I asked them each to do one bag of leaves, and I have four.
0: They're still talking about that. They, I think, they really enjoyed it.
1: They did. They did. It, but I, but they didn't want to do it because it was a job, and but then they did it. They did the raking for me while I hopped on the lawnmower and started mowing up the leaves that were gonna that were too far mm-hmm. afield for them. So if Mom's working, I'm not just sitting in the house on my phone drinking coffee telling them to go do something and later i don't know what i was doing but they organized part of the garage they cleaned up some other stuff lily had spilled something all over your workbench i didn't tell her to clean that
0: i asked her to a, a while a ago. Time ago and then i asked her I was like hey lily i would really appreciate it if you cleaned up this mess while I'm gone, it'd be just really nice of you to clean up your mess.
1: But I didn't. I didn't know that, and I didn't ride her about it at all. And she, she did it. it. She
0: remembered doing it. And it's a great job. I'm yeah. Really so,
1: happy. so I feel like. I mean, they're watching that. They're watching how we enjoy our food. It'll be really interesting to see if they like dinner tonight. <laughs> I've got some leftover chicken from Monday as a backup. But the fact that we enjoy I hope they don't
0: because I'm gonna eat it all.
1: <laughs> the fact that it, well, I mean, here's part of the thing too do I need to buy is some I'm wasabi. I got wasabi from my mom. Oh, awesome. So, so they're going did you get to get
0: your dad's bamboo rolls for the rice. My mom
1: dropped them off. Nice. That's
0: did you? Sorry. Oh,
1: so, gonna right. So, me. so they're going to enjoy making the sushi and not just eating it. And that also, I think enhances the enjoyment of something because we're designed to be creators, not just consumers in every aspect of life. When I'm more diligent in my Bible reading, the kids will pull out their Bibles and do Bible reading on their own. Mm-hmm. When I'm, you know, I can't, I can't. Uh, just everything about kids is not taught so much as caught. Yeah, they they catch what we delight in, and that actually is the other thing that I I, mean, I have a whole list of things, but the last, one of the last things that I want to talk about today, besides. Uh, I want to crowdsource and see if anyone knows the source of this song, because I have been searching for it on YouTube. So our kids in Sunday school, in what Elise is in first grade, the first grade class has a set list of Bible verses, and our church uses the same Bible verses every, the same curriculum they have ever since Titus was in first grade. And so I've now, this is my third kid that I'm helping memorize this particular set of Bible verses, and with every kid, they get to John 14, 21, and I help them memorize it with a song that goes like this. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. John 14, 21. And so I sing this to the kids, and then I think, I don't really... I'm not a great singer. Now you guys all know that. <laughs> I I cannot find this particular version of the song that is so deeply ingrained in me from somewhere in my childhood. I would love if somebody could tell me where that particular it's... tune for John 1421 comes from.
0: We, you know guys, we um it's really funny Molly and I have a remarkably similar we were Christian
1: kids of the 1980s.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were Christian kids of the 1980s, 100%. So I'm wondering, did Salty have a song like that?
1: See, I, I don't know. I, I wondered if it was Steve Green. Church Mouse. Whatever. Also, if you guys have not, if you have kids and you haven't done Steve Green's, uh, what's it called? Hide them in Your Heart music. There's still like the 1980s videos On YouTube of him, he has a volume one and volume two of him singing to kids. And there's one where now I can't remember it. He's talking about guarding your tongue or holding your tongue. And he actually has them hold their tongue and try to sing.
0: Oh, I remember that.
1: Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. And they hold their (laughs) tongue. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. And your lips from speaking lies. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. Anyway, our kids love... The Steve Green music, even if the videos on YouTube are kind of hokey. uh So it's not Steve Green. We had one called the Music Machine. We had Salty.
0: I remember the Music Machine.
1: Like no other gadget that you've ever seen. Charity Church Mouse. That was salt- I Charity Salty. Charity Church. I, I
0: hated Salty.
1: Did you know you've seen Salty videos on YouTube now, right? Did you have uh-huh. Salty videos or just tapes?
0: We just had tapes.
1: We just had tapes too. I'm glad cuz I liked the Salty tapes. I liked the stories they told. The
0: videos are creepy. The
1: videos are super creepy.
0: I mean anything in that from that era with I mean even Barney videos are creepy, but we all kind of That's realized true. it was creepy at the time. But just like Barney men a, men enough. grown men running around in book in fabric book, book, book I costumes. mean there's definitely a very 70s... It's just weird The, sal- the
1: salty guy is still around. Yeah. He has an Instagram Ernie
0: Rotino. Ernie Rotino. Ernie my dad... My parents, like... I don't know. They had a thing for Ernie and Debbie Rotino. My mom's living with us right now, again. She's here for a little bit, so she'll probably listen to the show and go, at dinner tomorrow night, you know, hey, this is what happened. Actually, I won't be here <laughs> tomorrow night, but... She'll, she'll remind me.
1: We'll text you on the Garmin that you have unlimited tes- texting on. Uh Gotta remember so remember
0: phone charger this time.
1: So I was talking about, we mentioned the word, del- the things that we delight in, our kids mm-hmm. delight in. I had this very crystallizing experience with Elise last week. And I, I have this image burned in my mind. And I can't picture, other than the little snapshot of looking at her face, I can't... I can't remember where we were or how it was that I happened to just be alone with her in this. It was not at home, but...
0: Being alone uh, with Elise is something of a blessing.
1: It it is, and I was... A
0: delight, if you will. I
1: I was walking across a parking lot with her somewhere, and she just... And I was completely zoned out, and I caught myself and told myself... Focus on her, and don't just be annoyed at the on ongoing prattling, but home in on her. By the way, people should know the difference between homing in and honing in. Home in on her, like a homing pigeon or a missile. Focus on her, pay attention to her, and show her that you enjoy and are interested in whatever she's saying. And I did that... And she just looked up at me with such happiness on her face that she was getting so much of my attention and not just attention, but I was delighting in her while she was being her. And I realized I I feel so harried most of the time that I don't do a good job of doing that with our kids.
0: I, She was doing that today while she was loading. So we had when we process wild game you guys we usually do it all of our all ourselves we skin the animal we, we quarter it and then we bone it out and then we trim it out and that trim will turn into steaks or ground or be or ground elk in this case grounding and then we set up a whole uh, a whole station where we mix the fat Cut it up into pieces, and someone's on the on the grinder, someone's on the scale, someone's on the packager, someone's on the package prep. You know, so we get this whole thing going. Elise is on the grinder, and she's dropping stuff in and just yammering away, just da 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 da. And most of it's nonsense, silliness, and I'm just I want I, I, I caught myself. I'm like, Elise, stop, stop talking, just say. And I'm like, no. She just needs. I just. She needs to just keep prattling because that's who she is. I said, "At least you're hilarious," and that's all I said. Yeah. And then it was just like, "Now hurry up! You're going really slow." And she's like, "I don't want to grind this piece. Look, it's a flat pancake." <laughs> you know her, her little cackle. That she she, has.
1: she does delight in oh man in the raw meat thing, <laughs> uh, but it got me thinking: is it is it possible for the kids to be too delighted in? Is it possible for a kid? It, it, would too much of that sort of attention spoil them, or are their hearts designed for that sort of attention? If we make sure it's a healthy focus of attention and not, a do you, you want to know what I Spoiling, I do actually. It's it's not a hypothetical question. Oh. How do we? How do we? It's it's a three part question. It's a what's the line between healthy delighting and indulging? and whatnot, uh, is, is there such thing as too much, and how do we cultivate more of that in our lives? And then I guess number four is, there's, there's for sure a spiritual analogy there, and what, how do we draw the spiritual analogy to how God sees us? I, I should write down those questions while you're talking, so I don't forget them.
0: I'm not going to remember all of them, but... First of all, I would say, at least in our household, dear babe, we are probably far harder on the kids and don't delight in them enough that we can't really delight in them too much. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, in terms of healthy versus indulgement, I think if
1: except for let me go back, except for Faith, who the other day oh you gosh. were like, do you think? Do you think she? exists to make us happy and i was like she thinks, no 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 no
0: she thinks she exists to make us happy
1: no she and i said no that that's giving her too much outward thinking she thinks that we exist to make her happy she is the sun and all of the planets and all of the satellites revolve around her and she's just she genuinely is a classic youngest everybody delights in her and verbally comments all the time about how cute she is so but but is that an unhealthy form of Delighting, because we're making her think the world revolves around her. Well, there,
0: and I think there's some other things, too, you got to consider, like child psychology and where they're at in terms of development and what's healthy, you know, parental involvement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what Alan has to say about this, because Alan really riffed on Telegram, you guys.
1: And we're uh, we're gonna have to get to that next week because we just yeah. have not even. Alan
0: super riffed uh on Telegram last week on the last show, which was really kind of funny. So I'm sure Alan have you guys all have stuff to say about this, but in our household, and I can only speak from our household, I don't think I can I lean towards being too hard on them, so I don't think I can delight in them enough. I don't think I delight them in as in as much as I should. Um regarding um Regarding healthy versus indulgement Personally I try To foster And deliberately Think about things that do Genuinely delight me in each of my children So what is What do I delight in With Elise What delights me about Elizabeth, about who they are Their personalities, their characters Even their quirks and idiosyncrasies what is it that i genuinely delight in and i find that when i get annoyed with something they're doing it's the other side of the of the same thing i delight in it's the same coin but it's the other side of that coin like flipping that around oh i would actually and so i try to focus on that instead of focusing on Or it's the something other thing.
1: that annoys you about yourself i think i find when you're being really hard on titus is often like a, either something that you either totally can't relate to, or it's something that you don't like about yourself that you're writing him about? It's
0: generally something I don't like about him. <laughs> Which, it's like, it's something Which is that funny, I think, because
1: then it's something it's that you like, don't like about I don't, me. <laughs> I don't...
0: It's like, I don't want him... I want him to display a certain character and all my kids. But You ride him far harder than oh, you I do didn't. any totally. of the I totally do. Um... But I also, you know, now that you mention it, there are things that I see in him that drive me nuts. But that's because they, I did the same things, and I thought it was, and I think now it was dumb that I'm an adult. Like why did I do that? It's dumb. And so I'm like Tito, don't be dumb, you know. And it's like, but you just gotta let him do what he does. Um. Anyway, uh, as far as as far as God delighting in us, I think, you know, I would, I could make a tie. I think there might be a there might be a loose a loose tie in there with the fact that God sees us now through his son, Jesus. So he sees the good side of that coin rather than the bad, mm-hmm. you know, the things that annoy him, the things that I don't think, you know, like we're, can you annoy God? Like you either sin or you don't sin. I don't know. Um, but I do believe that because he has a personal relationship with us, uh, he does take delight in our various characters various I mean does he does he delight at the variety like we look at our kids and go wow how can we have four such different kids out of the same two people you know except for us and it's, here, and we, here,
1: we we didn't create all I know that and anyways. here
0: God created all of that in all of that variety and does he delight simply in the variety simply in the differences between you and me and I think I think so I think he does delight in his creation mm-hmm. um
1: um I, I I mean the I think the NIV translation of Zephaniah 3:17 actually has delight in it but I'm just scanning right now. I have that verse in my head because there was a lady who worked at Peacemaker Ministries briefly with us who did like the flag waving dancing and that was her one of her favorite verses to quote <laughs> uh, and I don't know that she was necessarily using it in appropriate context uh, when she's talking about like dancing in churches but now that I think about it I am i don't think I ever actually looked up what the real appropriate context of the verses is. but of course Zephaniah is a prophet speaking to exiled suffering peoples and he's prophesying the restoration of Israel. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. This is verse 14. Shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion, let your hands not grow weak. The Lord God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult or delight over you with singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. So what's interesting to me is this is a prophecy. He's not actually telling... Israel, exiled Israel, the Lord God is in your midst, delighting over you right now.
0: Nor is he telling middle-aged white women to wave flags in churches. Not that they can't. It's just never been my thing. I've never
1: understood it. And you've (laughs) you've also never been a middle-aged white woman, and despite what modern uh... Demagogues might tell you, you can never be a middle-aged white woman, what? even if you want to be. Oh, man. You could be a hairy dude in a dress waving a flag around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be entertaining.
1: And wrong. But...
0: What if it's... With- but, never mind.
1: But, right. So, so all the promises of God find their yes and amen in Christ. So I guess my question is, how is the promise that God is with us. Obviously, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, a mighty one who will save. So we have the already not yet of conquering us, of conquering sin, but we haven't seen the total defeat of the total annihilation of Satan and his minions that happens at the end of Revelation. But it's begun to happen as the kingdom of God grows in our hearts He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So for sure, there's an already not yet in my just spitballing this uh, verse where God delights in us now and we will have the consummation of the delight of our relationship with God that's no longer marred by our indwelling sin when He returns and finally puts away, puts all evil under his foot. And so we can, we can know that that's happening now in our hearts and that, like you said, we don't have to live in anger and fear at everything going on in the world around us because God is in our midst and he is delighting in his people whom he has called and saved and justified and done all the things from the Romans 8 golden chain for and and yet at the same time we can mourn oh this is another thing i'm just going to throw this very quickly out speaking of man, mourning man you came
0: full circle on the episode from where we started
1: yeah i well here's a little bit more full circle i read an article i think it was on the gospel coalition actually i didn't read the article i skimmed the first two paragraphs and read the title yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he was talking about is a book. He was reviewing, now that I think about it, he was reviewing a book that was written a number of years ago, but it was a fresh review of it. He was talking about how applicable the Beatitudes are to our modern situation. Uh, and in America, where, sure, of course, God's world is applicable everywhere, all the time. I say applicable. Okay.
0: But you can say applicable.
1: Uh, It applies.
0: (laughs) Um, It's one of those weird words. It's like, I gotta look. I gotta remember. Who's saying it? What
1: was I watching the other day that they kept pronouncing in a way that I was kind of... I can't remember. Anyway, so, so going back to the bronze bow and this angry, angry kid and under the foot of the Romans kind of brings alive the sort of situation into which Jesus was speaking words like, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the persecuted, for those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And so it, it got me thinking, just reading that headline, I didn't even feel like I necessarily needed to read the rest of the article because it was more impactful for me to think about how the Beatitudes apply to my own life right now. And I guess going back to the the that Zephaniah passage that when we mourn, that we we know that God loves us and is delighting in us now and we can anticipate full mourning free delight, grief free morn you know, delight of us in God and of God in us.
0: Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't that delight? Why wouldn't God I mean the Bible teaches it clearly pleases the Lord when we do what's right. And doing what's right according to the it would totally, it would absolutely please God to see us behaving in such a way as Jesus behaved towards us.
1: Right. You mm-hmm. know,
0: in the midst of that fallen world. So that world we're living in, when we live rightly in that world that would absolutely delights God. When he sees us uh, doing what's right. Whether we want to or not. Yeah. Like going to smothered tonight. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Okay, you guys. I'm going to include the following links. The Gospel Coalition article Molly just mentioned. A link to the bronze bow on our website. Uh, that'll be a, probably an Amazon link so you can buy a copy and support us at the same time. Uh, Ali Stuckey's episode 505 and a link to the Steve Green uh, kids' songs. I think those were all the important things. And you can find those in the show notes.
1: And the Traeger recipe for smoked salmon.
0: Ooh, Traeger recipe for smoked salmon.
1: And uh, just for good measure, we sh- maybe we should find somebody dancing with flags on YouTube. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. somebody is going to be offended at that.
0: No, no. I want I want one of our listeners to go dance with, to film themselves dancing with flags in their yard.
1: No. way. kidding. Okay. No. Um,
0: Yes, all those will be, all those links will be in our show notes. If you want to engage with us on the show, like I mentioned previously that Alan has, um, check out our Instagram, our uh, Instagram, our uh, Telegram group. I'll include an invite link, a group code for that on Telegram. Telegram is a secure, uh, encrypted chat platform. And, that you can uh, you can direct message us, you can text us, a few other things. It's been it's been kind of nice because most of a lot of other communication has fallen off a little bit uh, and moved there. And apparently, Anna has kind of become like
1: the welcome committee.
0: The welcome committee, kind of chairman <laughs> of the group. Anna is an extrovert. <laughs> yes very much an extrovert so there's a lot of fun people on there a lot of conversations that just get initiated not by us um and it's fun to like re- and i haven't caught up so you guys listening today or tomorrow um i have not i'm going to try to catch up on the conversations that have happened over the last few days um i've not been around i just did step in hunting so i'm off grid and I'm headed up to go off-grid again tomorrow. So, yeah, you can follow us on the Telegram group. Link is in the show notes. Um, you can send us a message on our website through the postcard option. You can email us at tbf, tb. tb2f at pm.me. You can also send me a text message at 406-318-713. Or
1: you can message us on Instagram because that's can, where I respond to yeah,
0: most messages. Molly responds to most messages. I don't, if you guys want to have anything to say to me... Don't do it on Instagram. I have Instagrams, but they're just purely. They're I have it. I don't even know. It's for music stuff. I don't really do anything else with Instagram. So, um,
1: we're off to make sushi, guys. Ooh, sushi! Maybe I'll post pictures on Instagram of yeah, the results. Sushi. Mm, yes, it's not actually, sushi because it's cooked fish, smoked fish, freshly smoked salmon.
0: It's not raw sushi. It's cooked sushi. Mm yeah it's gonna be delicious okay guys take care it's been wonderful talking to you this week and uh
1: hopefully we'll do it again next week god willing